0: Mobile business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm John Tucker in the Bloomberg Newsroom with this Bloomberg Business Flash. Well, President Trump extended, uh, and uh, lawmakers reached a deal to extend the U.S. debt limit and fund the government through mid-December. That is helping push stocks higher. Longer-term government debt also fell. The S&P 500 added to some earlier gains. Right now, the S&P 500 up about 10 points of four-tenths at 2467. Dow Jones Industrial Average up 77 points. That's up four-tenths at 21,830. The Nasdaq Composite Index, 24 points higher, a 410. At 63 10-year Treasury, uh, the yield 2.10%. Comex Gold is down $6.10 an ounce at 1338.40. dollars 3840 Nymex Crude is up uh, 45 cents a barrel at 49.11 up about nine-tenths of a percent. Uh, some news about Toys R Us. They have hired a law firm to help restructure their debt. This is according to people with knowledge of the matter. Uh, Toys R Us uh, says in a statement it's evaluating a range of alternatives to address their 2018 debt maturities, which may include the possibility of obtaining additional financing. And we check the markets for you every 15 minutes during the trading day right here on Bloomberg Radio. I'm John Tucker. Back to Bloomberg Markets and Lisa Abramowitz.
1: Thank you so much, John. Right now, it's time for the Bloomberg ETF report brought to you by BlackRock. Worried about market volatility? Minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. To learn more, please visit blackrock.com slash factors. Prepared by BlackRock Investments, LLC. Here's Bloomberg's Julie Hyman. The largest ETF tracking gold miners is up about 18% over the past month, but you might run into some trouble trying to chase that performance. So says Eric Balchunas of Bloomberg Intelligence. He is with me now. Eric, why is GDX kind of risk-prone here for regular investors?
2: It's just a very volatile area. Uh, GDX is about five times the volatility of the S&P. It has a lot of small caps, a lot of international uh, stocks in there. And it's very jumpy. And if you catch it right, you, you could do well. But over the course of 10 years, about $8 billion has basically gone up in smoke trying to performance chase uh, gold mining ETFs. So and that includes hedge funds.
1: Hedge funds like uh, Greenlight Capital, for example.
2: Yeah, uh, they put a lot of money into it in 2011. It's down 50% since then. Although it did have a nice little run in between, but still, uh overall, gold mining ETFs are tough to time.
1: Mm, so the lack of correlation between flows and performance on this one shows mostly traders maybe using GDX and regular investors beware perhaps. With the Bloomberg ETF report, I'm Julie Hyman.
0: This is Bloomberg Markets with Carol Messer and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio.
1: Of investors are getting a little bit nervous and here to explain what is really driving sort of some of the biggest concerns is JJ Kinahan. He's chief market strategist with TD Ameritrade in Chicago. JJ, uh, you know, I have gotten a lot of different answers with respect to what people ought to be more concerned about. Is it the geopolitical risk? A lot of people say, uh-uh, it's really the domestic issues, and you really just have to keep your eye on the Local economy. Where do you stand on this? What's the biggest tail risk right now?
2: Well, I think what the market has told you the last two times we've had down moves is it is the geopolitical risk. That is what matters, and that's what's moved markets, you know, uh, in the middle of August and then yesterday. There, the Washington, D.C. stuff is interesting and all, and it's one of the reasons that we can get 24-hour news channels so that they can make everything into a major story. But the reality is, you know, the market has ignored D.C. for most of the year, and it, this is the first time we've seen some volatility all year long. And just think of all the things that have come out of D.C. So it truly... This North Korea situation and geopolitical risk is when you're seeing volatility increase and you're seeing people come in to sell stocks.
1: So are you advising clients to sell when there is sort of a flare-up in geopolitical risk, or are you saying, you know, you go in and buy the dip? I mean, we're seeing that today, certainly, and we heard uh, earlier mm-hmm. from, you know, that that's basically what Steve Dudash at IHT Wealth Management is doing.
2: Yeah, and, you know, uh, our IMX, which which is our investment movement index and measures people who have traded at least once a month, came out yesterday, and what it showed is that our our investors through TD Ameritrade are doing just that. They bought in the dip. In fact, they've been buyers of stocks the last seven months in a row, where we have had some dips. So I think that that strategy has certainly paid off uh, over the last five years and certainly in 2017. That being said, You can't just go in and blindly do this. I I do hope the one thing that's come out of these last two, you know, little sell-off days has been that people are reviewing their portfolio. And the other thing I would say is being selective about what you're buying on these dips. Because this risk with the geopolitical tensions is much different than some of the other risks we've had earlier this year. And it's the one that can really move quickly. It, uh, it reminds me of the movie Anchorman, where it's like, wow, that escalated quickly. You know, you, this this is the type of thing you could really see become a major story quickly. So, again, I think people have to tighten up their risk parameters a little bit and uh, really be ready to move if something does happen.
1: Well, I mean, how do you trade, though, around, you know, nuclear Altercations I mean well, is that really what we're talking about or is this more uh, well, if things move quickly uh, with respect to uh, trade differences that end up breaking uh, trade chains and things between say China and the US
2: yeah well hopefully it's the latter because it's the former we got other issues exactly but uh, <laughs> what I would say is this you know it, earnings are what drives the market outside that so make sure that the companies you're buying are things you want to own. And But I believe that what starts to happen often, and, you know, we see this with retail investors too, is, you know, buying the dip works. So you do it, you do it, you do it, and you start doing it in a more speculative fashion because the more it works. And so what I would say is actually the speculative part of that, you probably want to draw back in right now. So if it's companies that you're believing in longer term and you want to accumulate more because they've sold off, that makes sense. So, but too often you see people buying a, a stock they don't even really understand just because they're sure it's going to bounce.
1: So which stocks are you personally watching to sort of jump on? Should they, uh, should they sell off a little bit?
2: Well, I, I think what was interesting is if I look at our client base and these stocks make sense to me, the stocks they jumped on, if you will, uh, the last two, few times we sold off, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, three that absolutely make sense. What's interesting to me is we've seen consistent buying of AT&T. And I believe the reason you continue to see that is primarily because of the yield there. It's You know, when you get a 10-year 10, 10 rate that's right around 2.2 percent, uh, buying a blue-chip stock that has a high yield makes a lot of sense to people. And I think that that's a very interesting way for people to be playing this because, as you know, when we do uh, have these sell-offs, people come for bonds, lowering yield. So I-, I find that one a very interesting one, and one that we've seen consistently when things turn a little bit bad.
1: So this is basically the Fed model, right? The idea that as yields on Treasuries go lower and lower, the dividend yields and the stocks look better and better. Do you think at this point, ten-year uh, Treasury yields at about two point two percent are just too low and have to rise materially in the next six months?
2: Uh, I, I find it hard to believe that we are going to stay this low. I think you know if you look at this sort of established range, it seems to be two point two at the low end, two point five at the higher end i would i I think we would go much more toward the higher end. That being said, if you look at fed funds, you know fed funds were down under thirty five percent of a probability for a December rate hike. So I think it'll be a slow grind on the way up, and we're going to continue to need to see good numbers, the conundrum being we're getting these great employment numbers. We need to see some inflationary pressure. The uh, crude oil market's given a little bit recently, but certainly not enough.
1: J.J. Kinahan, thank you so much for joining us. J.J. Kinahan is chief market strategist for TD Ameritrade based in Chicago, saying that uh, North Korea is really the worry that seems to shake markets. But not for that long. Everyone just keeps coming back in, buying that dip. This is Bloomberg.